0: It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated, Chris Mannix. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
1: Your Daily Assist, brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com. Out to the T-Mobile special guest line we go. T-Mobile and Sprint are coming together to build the best wireless company around. Visit t-mobile.com for online services and local store availability. From Sports Illustrated, he's our friend Chris Mannix. Hi, Chris. What's going on, guys? Hey, we're just talking basketball. Game's returning on Thursday. In fact, next time we talk to you after this, Chris, will have talked about actual, for-real NBA basketball. What a world.
0: Uh, it's good to, uh, you know, finally get the game back and and be interested to see what these teams kind of look like. I mean, right out of the gate, you know, you'll have, you know, a, a game that's less indicative of what these teams are. I mean, the Lakers Clippers, on paper, should be this you know blockbuster opening night game, but you know, Anthony Davis might not play, uh, Lou Williams won't play for the Clippers, so it's it'll probably take some time to ramp up and and get these teams into shape, but hopefully by mid-August. Uh, teams have rallied to form to a degree and that we get a good postseason.
2: One thing, Chris, I've been keeping an eye on based off of a comment that you made and that we've talked with you about on a couple of different occasions. Watch for the efficiency in the perimeter shooting especially from three-point range. And it seems as though the Jazz are heading in that direction, man. In the scrimmages, they've been encouraging their players to take threes off the dribble, to take a bunch of threes. If there's an open shot, and this is a little different for Quinn Snyder's team. In the past, you see him pass and pass and pass and pass and then take the open look. Now he seems to be encouraging them to take it earlier on. And based on what you said, I thought that was interesting to see how efficient they will be.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's one of the biggest questions of uh you know this resume season you know how efficient are teams going to be I actually had a brief conversation with Brett Brown of the Sixers about this and he's just curious to see what those numbers ultimately look like because we are you know in a generation where the three-point shot is is prevalent teams are shooting 30 35 sometimes 40 you know three-pointers every single game and if you miss three or four, you know, that's that's a pretty big number that you're 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 giving up and and potentially flipping the other way. So, you know, I've I've looked at some of the numbers in the scrimmages. I, I don't look too deep into them because having been to a bunch of them, you get the starters oftentimes for a quarter, quarter and a half, and then it's you know, second and third team type players that are out there. So that kind of skews those numbers a little bit. But there have been some ugly ones. I mean, I was at you know, Boston's opener where they shot you know, I think twenty one percent from three in the first half, I've seen some similarly ugly numbers uh, in you know after first quarters uh, to start games. So I think that's going to be something that Bears watching in the first three or four games uh, of this restart. I mean, which teams you know get get their rhythm and timing back early, and which teams uh, struggle.
1: Chris, I'm not uh, sure how much of the first three scrimmages for the Jazz you've been able to see, but do you have any early returns on what you've seen from them on the floor?
0: You know, again. Not really. There've there've been some good moments, and more than anything, it's good to see that you know Gobert and Mitchell are looking like they've got some chemistry, you know, back together. That's certainly important, you know, for the you know short and long term health uh, of this team. What you know, Joe Ingles has looked pretty good, you know, in that role that he's taking for for Bogdanovic. Uh, But again, it's scrimmages, and these guys are in just lousy shape. A lot of them, like there's not you know, they're they're not in full you know, full excuse me, full mid or end of regular season form. So I think we'll have a clearer picture, you know, in the next like three or four days as we get these games underway and we start seeing, you know, thirty five minutes of, of Mike Conley and thirty five minutes of, of Donovan Mitchell and Gobert together. This this very much feels like, you know, an exhibition season where you're you're just not seeing the the, the full depth of what teams have.
2: You know, mentioned Conley there, uh he seems to be what being given a a more of a green light to do with the things that Mike Conley has done in past seasons and what we didn't see that much of earlier this year, Chris, uh, would, do you think that's a good idea? I mean, they sort of have to do it, don't they?
0: I mean, look, Mike, Mike has thrived in the past, having that green light from the outside, being uh, an offensive focal point with his Memphis teams. And you do almost have to do it. I mean, when Ingles is out on the floor, you have an extra playmaker in that spot, so you can afford to let Conley be more of an offensive-oriented player. And look, Bogdanovic is out, and that's what like 20 points per game that you've got to replace. So it's got to come from somewhere. It might as well come from Mike Conley, who's shown in the past uh, that he can that he can score at a high level, especially when it comes to to postseason play, where he's got a wealth of experience uh, as well. So it's a lot of that I think is trial and error, you know, with this Jazz team trying to figure out the best way to replace Bogdanovic's offense and, you know, and, and clearly the most efficient way to do it as well.
1: We've talked to you throughout the season about the Jazz bench struggles, Chris, and certainly that got a little bit better with, or a lot better actually with the addition of, of Jordan Clarkson. But in these scrimmages, it appears that they might be a little thin. My question for you is, is, is depth going to matter any more or any less in this unique situation or is it going to be the same?
0: Oh, I, I think it matters more because I think you're going to have guys worn down a lot earlier in this restart than you did uh, when the season, you know, concluded. I mean, LeBron kind of spoke about this today. I mean, players, you know, they're, they treat their bodies almost like machines where you you do a slow ramp up to get to a a peak point when you get to April and players like LeBron and others were on that path. They were, you know, four weeks away from peaking, you know, going into the postseason. they shut their bodies almost completely down. And a lot of these guys came into uh, this restart looking more muscular, and that's probably from doing a lot of weights and push-ups, but it's entirely different, you know, being in condition, you know, to play. So I think you're going to see guys gassed a lot early on, and that's going to put a little bit of extra emphasis on the bench and, you know, the ability for second-unit guys to give quality minutes. So that's that's certainly something that, that bears watching, you know, which team can get the most production out of those second-unit guys, because I would expect, you know, those reserve numbers to tick up a little bit from... You know, whether it's two or three minutes per game I mean that's that's a significant number of time where you're getting your starters off the floor.
2: So Chris, we could see some gra- some drag with some of the players but it, what is the uh, what's the upside as far as a team that didn't really show that it could contend in the first part of the season? Is there a shot for a team like the Jazz or, or others to, to really step up and make a difference
0: in these last eight games into the playoffs? Well, I mean, I, I, the Jazz. It just it just feels like the loss of Bogdanovic is too much to overcome. You know, I, I thought with him, I would have given them, you know, more than a puncher's chance to to advance deep in the playoffs. And I think something weird is going to happen in this postseason. I mean, it's just it's such a unique environment, and you know, the mental aspect of of you know dealing with the day to day, where you're waking up every single day in a hotel room, you're very limited with what you can do. I mean, there's only so much fishing and golf that you know a player can can do can accept um you know that's a, a variable that's never been a variable for teams out there before and so that's why i would give you know a full strength jazz team a chance here but it's just you know when you lose that kind of offense it's just tough you know they've, they've got good guys there i mentioned ingles and there are others but um it's just tough to overcome so i look more at you know teams that are you know regaining players philadelphia we've talked about a lot you know the guys they got back at you know i've been to two sixers games and you know, Ben Simmons might be the best player here right now. I mean, he has been playing extremely well uh, and fitting comfortably at that power forward spot. And, you know, depending on the help of Damian Lillard, I mean, I like what I'm seeing out of Portland. I mean, they're, you know, Nurkus and Collins look really good in the limited time that they've played. And that's, you know, getting two frontline starters back into your mix. Um, so I, I think the teams that gained players are the ones that I'm most interested in seeing. The teams that have, you know, lost some, whether it's, you know, Utah or Indiana. I mean, there's just a talent gap that you can't overcome.
1: You mentioned the uh, Lou Williams fiasco a little bit earlier, and that aside from what I'm hearing from some people there in Orlando, the buy-in from the players is extraordinarily high. From what you're seeing there and what you're hearing, would you agree?
0: I would agree. And, look, there there wasn't a lot of sympathy for Lou Williams after all that. From what I was told, the union uh, was very upset with Lou Williams because they fought for him to be able to leave – and uh, you know, go into uh, go to his uh, his relative or his uh, close family friend's funeral, and and then come back and, to be at a you know a strip club. Even if you're, even if you believe his version of the story where he's just going for the wings, and it's believable because it does literally have a flavor named after him. You know, send somebody in. You've got you know, a bunch of family members. You can Uber eats. I don't I don't know. There's a million different ways you can get food nowadays. It just doesn't you know hold up to the smell test. And you know he cost himself you know obviously those ten days, but the Clippers. You know, I, the Clippers are a team I'm a little worried about at this point. I mean, they've got the two stars there, but they're one of those teams that's had virtually no continuity for the last three or four weeks, whether it's, you know, Zubac and Harold both being gone, Patrick Beverly forced to leave, uh, Lou Williams now out for at least the first two seeding games. And, you know, I, I don't expect him to step out of his hotel room and back in the lineup giving 30 minutes a game. There's only so much, you know, a Peloton can do. Uh, so I, I think the Clippers, you know, if I'm – if so I'm looking at a team that has the potential to be upset in the first round, it might be the Clippers, you know, if they don't get these guys back and, and into shape uh, going into the playoffs.
2: I know, Chris, you've been up and down a little bit as far as the Nuggets go, but is this a team, do you think, that could uh, also fit into a category of moving upward instead
0: of downward? Well, I mean, again, theoretically, on paper, um, but they're another team that's been you know bit by the COVID bug. and has dealt with a lot of different, you know, lineup issues. I mean hell in the opener they had Nikola Jokic as a starting point guard. I mean they're playing bull bowl significant minutes out there in these exhibition games. I mean it's they're dealing with, with major issues of their own. I think it I mean it all depends. Like I mean for most of these teams they're gonna get their guys back in that feeding game range and how quickly they can redevelop chemistry and and get back into like into game shape. I mean that's that that's a big variable in all this. I mean they they've quite literally taken a full off-season off. Like, that's the length, the length of time that's going to have passed between the end of the season and, and the uh, the disruption of the season and the resume season. And I, I just don't know. I mean, how many of these teams are going to be able to get on the same page and get their conditioning right? I mean, I, I worry more for the teams that are having the kind of problems the Clippers and the Nuggets are have. I think more positively about a team like Oklahoma City, which has not had any COVID issues, which has got to have its full complement, since they, the, the team was allowed to return back to its practice facility, I mean I, I sit in the lobby all day you know interacting with players and coaches. everyone's raving about the bucks I mean the bucks you know w- one thing about Milwaukee that I hear a lot from people within that organization is that not only have they been healthy, all their guys want to be here and, and look there's some very legitimate reasons that players wouldn't want to be in Orlando, whether it's health, family, a whole bunch of stuff but all the bucks, they were all on the same page from day one they wanted to be here and they're kind of playing like it right now they're playing like they're like like they're just picking up right where they left off so the bucks right now look like the scariest team that's that's out there they have been been great and i think part of that is the continuity that they've had
1: chris are there some coaches that really need to make some waves uh in the playoffs to keep their job
0: i mean brett brown is probably coaching for his job i would think um you know that they're looking at a first round matchup you know probably with miami i I believe they'll leapfrog indiana for that number five spot you know they might be able to even climb to four who knows but i think that that first round matchup is going to be huge i mean when the the season stopped it looked like there could be a house cleaning in that organization whether it was elton brand and brett brown and you know maybe even a player being traded now you know they come back simmons is a four-man shake milton uh, looks really good as a starting point, and you know they, they look like they could be a threat. And if they do advance, you know that might be enough to save you know Brett Brown's job. If they don't, uh, it's certainly possible, maybe even likely, that we would see some kind of coaching change uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, yeah, it's. I think that's probably the the most significant one to watch as I think about these playoff teams.
2: Everything you've said Chris when I look at Major League Baseball and some of the issues that are going on now is the bubble working?
0: yeah it's working almost flawlessly at this point because the NBA is not screwing around with any of it I mean you get daily tests down here no matter who you are if you miss a test like Chris as porzingis did just the other day you have to quarantine your room for a full day until you get another test um, you know walking around the campus everybody's wearing a mask at all times. Uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's no joke inside the bubble with what they're, they're doing. And look, I mean, you know, coaches and, and team executives are likely to praise the, the league in public interviews, right? Like they'll say the NBA's done a great job. Every time someone sits down to me, that's one of the first things out of their mouth and we're not on the record. Like we're just, you know, riffing. And they just talk about the job the NBA's done in putting this bubble together. So it's, it's working almost flawlessly. It's, Certainly expensive. We've all seen the price tag, somewhere between 150, 170 million. Um, there are about 1,500 people here on any given day, you know, you know, matriculating through this campus. So there's, there's a lot going on. But I mean, this the NBA is kind of showing that this bubble format of playing games works, and and that's why they're taking things like Lou Williams and others extremely seriously because you know one player, you know, catching the virus can change the entire course of this postseason. Two last
2: things, Chris. The first one is I agree with you completely. I think it's really the only scenario under which these sports functions can really happen. I'm 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 really wondering about things like college football and even Major League Baseball. I, I I don't know how, but when I think of the NBA, I think okay, that that's a scenario that could actually work. The second thing I wanted to say is how are you holding up in that environment?
0: I mean, I'm fine. Look, I mean, I I this is it, it's better than you know being around you know listening to these zoom calls live and talking to people off to the side is way better than just sitting in on zoom calls back in my house you know being in a in this i mean it's not it's 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 a resort and while i'm not you know riding space mountain on whatever off time that i have like i'm you know it's not it's, it's not shawshank out here like you're you're able to 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 matriculate amongst people you know get a drink if you want to hang out and do different things so it's it's not bad at all, but I, and I agree with you that it's it's really the only way that sports is going to work for the foreseeable future. I mean, the, the Lou Williams incident is just another glaring example that you know athletes just have this sense of invincibility. They they don't even now. I don't think they they fully appreciate the gravity. A lot of them of of this virus, how quickly it spreads, and how if you have it, there's a good chance you don't know that you have it. So you know that that's why you know baseball is already having problems and. You know, baseball travels more than the other sports, but there's a lot more physical contact in football and college football. Uh, so I think that these sports need to be looking what the NBA is doing. And in the case of the NFL and college football, if you want to play, create a bubble. You know, I know there's a lot of players that would be involved, but go to a place, create a bubble, and see if you can make it work. Because we're down here in, in a hot spot in Florida. It doesn't feel like it at all. Like, it feels like you're in an entirely different country compared to what's going on around this bubble uh, in Orlando. And I think it really is the only way that that sports is going to work until this virus comes under control.
2: Jake, what was the name of that little Mexican town that those guys ended up at the end of Shawshank, hanging out at the beach? I just want, don't want to oh. see Chris. <laughs> Se,
0: so, Watsonalejo.
2: So, is that what it's called? Say Yes. Okay. So we'll look for you, Chris, down on the beach I, somewhere. Yeah, yes,
0: yeah. You, you guys will be the ones sanding the boat, and I'll be walking up uh, to it after the fact. <laughs> all
1: right, buddy. Thanks, Chris. We appreciate it. You got it, guys. Chris Mannix, our good friend from Sports Illustrated, here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I just hope Chris wouldn't have to to go through what Tim Robbins went through to to make it down there.
0: Crawling through
1: 500 yards of human. Not worth it, i got to think. Well, I mean,
2: maybe in his case it was. Hmm. You know. Wouldn't you think? (laughs) Okay. Would you escape if you were innocent? Uh,
1: I have no idea. I I don't know if I'd rather sit in prison or crawl through 500 yards of... You come out of there, you've got COVID. It's That's... it's not the the 500 <laughs> yards as much that would worry me as the you know the the shooting if you're discovered. Ah. Yeah, that that would be more that, that a discouragement. Yeah, yeah, I, but it's those I, towers where they have you know rifles and those sorts of things.
2: You know, Chris's opinion about the Jazz is not unique. I mean, I've heard that we've heard that from a lot of different people, Jake. That really aren't given the Jazz a whole lot of uh hope
1: well hope for what because i i don't even think jazz fans really are thinking title contender at this point for the re- reasons that chris laid out and that you know things have not been as smooth and as good as a lot of people maybe expected not not in the restart but i mean the season right. as a whole
2: right i wonder if the mix if this uh the, all so much of what chris was talking about there the the variables that are in place now whether that could in, actually end up uh, boosting the Jazz a little bit. I, I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but I certainly understand the, uh, the skepticism on the part of uh, some observers.
1: Well, and let's not forget that the Bucks are really good. And the Lakers, uh, uh, I know some people uh, uh, don't want to hear it, but the Lakers are really good. And the Clippers, I think, have a ton of potential. I don't know if I'd throw them into the really good category right now, but they could be. You heard Chris talk about it. it's a little disjointed and has been all year long for them, but I mean the Bucks and the Lakers. I mean they're really good teams. That's maybe not the Warriors of a couple of years ago, but those are those are some formidable uh, teams that you'd have to get through.
2: L A K E R S. And we
1: know your opinion
2: when it all started uh, before back in October. I think most the most optimistic Jazz fans were hoping for maybe the Jazz to contend in the Western Conference, Uh, that seems to have diminished a tad bit, I'd say.
1: Well, yeah, because I don't think any—even Jazz fans that expect them to get out of the first round, which I think is reasonable, I don't think anybody out there would pick them at the moment against the Clippers, or Lakers for that matter. Do you?
2: No. No.
1: And, and, hey, I'm not here to rain on anybody's parade, but that's just—that's the facts right now. Maybe they can give them a run for their money, but I wouldn't call it likely.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And and, and that was the case before the loss of Bogdanovich, too.
2: Well, maybe better to be surprised than disappointed.
1: Yep. All right, stay tuned. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone.